It is Thursday, August 24th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Shohei Otani shut down. And week three of preseason kicks off tonight. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Shohei Otani done pitching in 23 with a tear in his UCL. This is the Vegas lead. We have plenty to get to in the NFL. Sam Darnold has been named the backup for the 49ers. The Colts are fielding trade offers for Jonathan Taylor. We also have to preview tonight's preseason games as well. But the breaking news that we got last night, Shohei Otani, after he was pulled, from the Angels had a doubleheader yesterday, and Otani started the first game. He was pulled in the second inning with what the team called arm fatigue. Now, I was texting with Josh Towers, former Major League pitcher, who's my co-host on the, the Major League Baseball podcast yep. here at pregame, and he said, it's not arm fatigue anymore. It's something else. This was last night after they pulled him out of the, uh, this out of the was, game. This was during the day during when the they day pulled game, him yeah. from the first game with arm fatigue. He said, it's not arm fatigue anymore. It's something else. And I go, has to be. And he says, they're calling it arm fatigue, but it's not arm fatigue. Because you don't get pulled back-to-back starts with arm fatigue. And, you know, we talked about this uh, on our first pod with Josh Towers uh, two weeks ago. And he said, I'm not concerned about Otani because they're saying it's just arm fatigue. Well, after the second game, he gets pulled from his start after they had skipped a start because of the arm fatigue and he gets pulled again, yeah, it, we knew it was a larger issue. So Otani, play, he, he homered in that game, right? His 44th home run leads Major League Baseball. <laughs> Guy's unbelievable. He plays the second game as the DH and then goes for imaging. And reports came out last night. The imaging shows, according to the general manager of the Angels, he has a tear. Obviously, Shohei... Left the game today. Um, we did imaging in between games. He does have a tear, uh, you know, and he won't pitch the rest of the year. So we're going to get a second opinion, go from there, but it's basically day to day. Obviously, he hit. So, um, you know, that's, that's where we're at. That's a UCL tear? Yes. Yeah. So, again, I don't have, as far as plans and details, I don't have those yet. You know, he's going to have been in contact with his representation. Um, obviously, he hit the second game. He's played with this in 18. So, um, you know, but with that being said, we'll take it day by day and, and um, you know, see where it goes. So, obviously, disappointing news. I felt terrible for him. Um, you know, but, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, if anybody can bounce back, it's him. No word yet if surgery is needed. Yeah, so there's different there's different grades to these tears, and there's different options. Uh, Mason Miller, the young rookie for Oakland this yes. year, had a similar thing. They decided to let him rest it, rehab it, and now he's on his he's on a rehab assignment right now. Looks like he's going to pitch for the A's in September. Obviously, we know the other side of that is if the tear is severe enough. It's Tommy John surgery, which means that Shohei Otani would not play baseball next season, which would be a real bummer. Yeah. And it's a real bummer for him mm-hmm. as far as negotiations go. Well, yeah, because is a team now going to pay him 
$500 million or however much that he's going to command in free agency if he's not going to pitch next year? Now, forget about Tommy John surgery for you now. That's the worst-case scenario. But I think there's a realistic possibility that Otani does not pitch next season. Like, he rests the elbow for the rest of this year, the whole offseason. He does not pitch in 2024, and he's only a DH or an outfielder. I and mean, at that point, look, he's still great. He's arguably the greatest hitter in the league right now. He has, leads the league with 44 home runs, so he's still worth the money for a big-time free agency contract. He's going to be the MVP, but is he worth as much as we think he was worth when he's a dominant pitcher and hitter? No, he's obviously not, but he wants to be a pitcher. Like There's a lot of teams or a lot of people who said you need to be just a hitter, and Otani said, nope. I do both, and he's done that for a long time. I can't imagine that changes now, although if there was ever a time <laughs> when you're talking millions and millions of dollars uh, being at stake, it seems like the, maybe the time you, you finally back off that. But, yeah, he's got a real decision to make because this this is like uh, – this is it. This and, is, and this is this is why it's so difficult for, to, for him to be doing what he's doing. He has only missed two games all season. He's he's the most valuable player. We know that. Yeah. And he's so valuable to them as a hitter. And he's only DHing. He's not playing the field. So it's like you can't afford to not have him in the lineup. But after he pitches, he's fatigued. Maybe he just needs a day or two off. And so it's it's a balancing act that no one's ever had to do before. And now you're doing it with a guy who is the most important piece of your team. This, I'm telling you, this could change his entire career because I don't know if he ever becomes, if he ever is a two-way player again. That would be heartbreaking. Like, yeah, I I say that, and I don't say that, like, uh, facetiously. Like, I I would be very disappointed if that's the case because— Let me change—let me correct myself. I don't think he's a starting pitcher anymore. I mean, yeah, that, that's a possibility. That's what? maybe maybe make, that's the way they that maybe hey, that's the way they could present it to him. Is make like, him a closer. Hey, yeah, you're still a pitcher, but make him a closer. You're Oof. telling me that Otani can't come out of can't can't DH the whole game, and then warm up, and I guess depends on where you are in the lineup. How's he going to warm up? Right? Is he going to go into the bullpen if he's batting that inning? So that that's something that you have to look out for. But he comes out throwing 100, just pitches one inning. Throws twelve to twenty pitches and that's it. I I don't know. But I, I mean, either way, his value is decreased. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. His value is decreased. And and it, and I don't know if he's going to have surgery or not. Uh, Brock Purdy, who we'll talk about in just a second, decided not to have surgery. But throwing the football is not the same as throwing a hundred mile an hour fastballs. No. So this is terrible for Otani. Uh, I already was prepared to come in here and talk about how. Otani should get shut down from pitching the rest of the year. I didn't know it was going to be a UCL tear. Like we found that out last night, but yesterday I was, as I was preparing, you know, notes after watching what happened throughout the day in baseball and thinking, Hey, I'm going to come in tomorrow for the show thinking, oh, you know what? Well, here's my hot take. Here's my take. Otani <laughs> never pitches for the rest of the season. Why? Because it's not worth it for his health. And now, and now we find he might out never pitch period. He like, might not pitch period for the rest of his career. I don't know. Yeah. This is this is a a massive story and on top of it like when it rains it pours for the Angels Mike Trout back on the IL. Uh Forget shocking it, I, yeah. development. But. Boy, this team 
It's you, just cursed. You, you don't trade Otani. He doesn't go to a contender. Now he tears the UCL. You probably ruined him. Yeah. And what happens next? Although the Angels say, hey, "Listen, we're going to resign him now." Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I was going to say. I don't want to. Our, our odds just got better. Yeah, seriously. That that I don't want to sound sinister here, but this might have been the best case scenario for the Angels because they, they, he, they probably have a much better chance of resigning him now. Because is a team like the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Mets or whoever going to pay him the money when they don't know the health of his arm? But the Angels might say, you know what? We, we'll pay you. Yeah, we'll stick with you. We'll we're pay gonna you. stand by you. Yeah, Everybody else is doubting. You're our guy. Yeah, while you rehab. You feel for the kid. Uh, it's a terrible, terrible story. He'll be back. He'll be a hitter. He's still going to hit home runs, but he's not going to pitch. And I don't know if he's going to pitch like he has – Oh, Ever again. And, you know, you, you say he's he's still going to hit home runs. I mean, obviously, if he has – if the if they decide surgery is the way to go, if he that's Tommy over John for the season, too. Yes, like, if he has Tommy John surgery, he's out. And and obviously, if if that's what they elect to do – And, by the way, Otani had Tommy John surgery previously in, right. 20, in 2018. Yeah, So, but if, if that's what they elect to do, it's not like they say, let's finish out the season as a hitter and then I'll get the surgery. No, we'll do it now. Have the yeah. surgery tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And then he'll finish with the 44 home runs. He leads Major League Baseball. And still now. win the MVP. And still win the MVP. There's sports books that already paid out. Oh, did MVP. they really? I think it's like points <laughs> bet or something. They already paid out his MVP. Uh, we're going to get into more Major League Baseball coming up. We'll talk about the Yankees snapping their nine-game losing streak. And uh, we'll go set up the schedule for today in Major League Baseball. But while we're on the topic of UCLs, I mentioned his name, Brock Purdy. He's the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, and now we know who the backup is. Yesterday, Kyle Shanahan making the announcement that Sam Darnold is the backup quarterback, which leaves Trey Lance's status in limbo. This is obviously a topic that we have discussed, not just on this pod, but on the Dream Pod as well. You know where I stand, and for those listeners who don't, I had a bet with Mackenzie and Fezzik that Sam Darnold would be the backup. RJ was on my side as well. He had a bet as well. And RJ's point was, you don't pay a guy $4 million to come in and be your third-string quarterback. And that's what they did with Sam Darnold. And I had been reading the reports. I had been listening to some local radio in San Francisco. And everyone, everything that I was reading and hearing was about how good Sam Darnold had looked. And I even had one report that said Sam Darnold was pushing Brock Purdy for the starting job. If Brock Purdy wasn't healthy enough to to start week one. Now we know Brock Purdy is the guy week one. And Sam Darnold has shown enough that he wins the second-string job. Here's the problem, though. Now your third-string quarterback is making about $4 million. So you still have that problem. Uh, And Kyle Shanahan has said as much that – I mean, not said that it's a problem. He, of course, is being ever the politician saying, we'd love to have all three of these guys. But I think the reality is he's also said, we're going to try to do right by Trey. Yep. And we're going to see what's out there. So if Kyle there's a better opportunity. did not speak to the media yesterday. So there was no press conference. He was not drilled with questions. He did, however, do his regular radio spot with KNBR in San Francisco. This is what Shanahan had to say on KNBR. Do you have any expectations one way or the other whether he'll be here uh, when you guys be a member of the 49ers when you guys play the Steelers? 
Uh, I'm really hoping so. I mean, this isn't a thing that we're giving up on Trey. This is more of how Brock played in his seven games, and that was decided before this season started. And then how good Sam's looked. They both looked good. But we do have to make a decision here, and you only get so many reps at it, and um, we feel um, – you know, starting about 10 days ago, Sam really separated himself. And um, we got to keep it real in that way. But mm-hmm. I feel very, very fortunate to have both of them here. I really hope when it's said and done that all three of these guys are here. And uh, you never know when that's going to come up. We needed four guys last year. Um, doesn't happen much. But um, if we can have Trey as an option here, um, I would feel extremely happy about that. And I think the other quarterbacks in our room would, and I think our team would. Trey's a very well-liked guy, one of the better people I've been around, and I do think he's going to have a lot of success in this league. It's been a tough road for him because he, the times he has gotten an opportunity, um, he ended up getting hurt and missed that window. And now he's sitting in this position, and we'll always try to do right for Trey. Um, if there's a better situation that his heart's in and something like that, um, we're going to make sure not to do something that hurts him in that way. Um, so that's stuff that I talked to him about this morning. That's stuff I'll talk to him about tonight and continue to talk to him about. But um, Trey knows how I feel about him, and um, I, mean, I, I hope he ends up being able to be here, and that's the best thing for him. But uh, we got to see what is the best thing um, from now until then. Just listening to that quote, AJ, yes, when he says – we we're going to do right by Trey. Like if he feels that there's a situation that's better for him and his heart is in a better place, sounds like that's trade, trade him away to a place where he's better suited. The other thing is, yeah, you want to have all three of these guys on the team because of what happened last year. And you want to have a capable third string. And let's just remind everyone the new third quarterback rule, which is essentially the old third quarterback rule, is that teams can designate a third quarterback now. That third quarterback is a member of your 53-man roster, but it is not one of your active players. So, yes, they have to be on the 53, but they do not count towards your actives. They can only enter the game if there's an injury to your first and second quarterbacks. And there's a lot of protocols that go into place here because they don't want teams finagling something right. about, oh, well, this guy's just not playing well, so it, we're going to put in our third string guy. So there's a lot of things that – a lot of hoops you have to jump through in order to get that third quarterback into the game. If I'm not mistaken, which it, like when the third quarterback comes in – The first two are done. I was, I was, I thought if one of them could come back, whichever one didn't come back was done. Like, so let's say the first string quarterback can come back. That's fine. That means the second quarterback is burned and the third string is now the backup quarterback. Yeah. I I thought both quarterbacks were done. Maybe that's the case, but I mean, imagine that like in a playoff game or something, that'd be a nightmare. Well, that's why you would have a guy like Trey Lance, a capable third string quarterback, but are you going to keep Trey Lance as an inactive player on your 53-man roster. When you're paying him almost When you're paying him the money that you're paying him because you drafted him so high. Or are you trying to see what you can get for him in the market? I think you're trying to see what you can get for him. And I think that there's no reason for the Niners to not go out and find themselves a quarterback that they feel comfortable with as the third-string guy. Just not a guy that's getting paid nearly $4 million a year and not a guy that's going to have the the circus around him like Trey Lance mm-hmm. would. And I think the this answers the question of whether or not the, the Niners would have been comfortable 
with if had Trey like if if Brock Purdy couldn't go like would they have been comfortable with Trey Lance? I think the answer is no. Like I, I think so Sam Donald would have been the starting quarterback, right? So I, I think the answer is they don't want Trey Lance to be in charge of this offense. Is what it feels like to me. Um, does that mean he can't play in the league? I would say no. The question is, are you going to find a team who's willing to give up anything to to find that out? So Trey Lance did not. Uh, practice yesterday, so he did not speak to the media. Kyle Shanahan, uh, according to NFL.com, decided to give Trey Lance the day off after, quote, watching how Trey was when we talked. Shanahan determined it would be better to, hey, take the day off, clear your head some, we'll talk later in the afternoon, and get you back in there tomorrow, end quote. So it sounds like Trey didn't take the news well, I mean, listen, the guy, why would he? Yeah, it's basically them saying, hey, you, you don't have a job here. And, uh, and Shanahan protecting him with by having him not be out there. Yeah, I th- I, that's not a surprise. And I think it's a, it's the right move by Shanahan. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would be more worried if Trey Lance didn't take this news hard. Like, obviously, I, I think that a lot of people thought, and myself included, that what he did in preseason game two kind of gave him maybe mm-hmm. open the door a little bit for him to to have a chance at this job so for them to announce that this week before the third preseason game he, he probably feels like maybe he didn't get a, a full fair shake maybe um so yeah I, I understand him uh him taking it hard everyone's talking about the trade now and how the 49ers traded three first round picks to move up and take Trey Lance third overall and you're gonna look at the players that were drafted after Trey Lance all whom have had impacts on their teams. This is the list of the 10 players that followed Trey Lance. Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Panay Sewell, J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertain, Devontae Smith, Justin Fields, Micah Parsons, and Rashawn Slater. Those guys are good at football. Do you think if the Niners drafted any of those players instead of Lance? Like, they moved up. So they trade the three first-round picks, they move up. Let's say all they have the third overall pick. If they take any of those players, would they have won a Super Bowl? Ooh, that's a tough question. I'll say no, just because none of those players would have been able to play quarterback for them last year. Justin Fields? Uh, maybe. They, no, they wouldn't mm-hmm. have won a Super Bowl with Justin Fields. I agree uh, with that. That's, so uh, would their team be a lot better right now had they taken, you know, Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slater or mm. Micah Parsons or Patrick Sertain? Sure. Yeah. Uh, but that, it, it, Jamar Chase, like it, it's just in hindsight, it's really easy to say those yeah, things. Of but um, and again, this is not an indictment on Trey Lance. This maybe is just an indictment on the team that you, you traded the assets and, and they traded the assets for a quarterback. But I mean, we can we can go back and 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 pull up articles from at the time. And th- there was a real debate over whether or not they were going to take Mac Jones, whether well, he was going to be the guy that they were going to draft. Yeah, and Jones winds up going 15th overall. Yeah, there was a lot of people who thought that that was why what they were looking. And there's been rumors that there was like a, a disagreement in the management, like between Shanahan and and Lynch. And I, I don't know what's true and what's not, but it's uh, I, I do know that this is uh, you know, it, it's it's an inexact science drafting. Yeah, of course. Uh, we have bad bad picks all the time. It's just it's tough when. Not only did you make a bad pick, but you gave up extra assets mm. to go get that bad pick. And like you said, you mentioned all the guys drafted uh, after him. Had they just stayed put and picked at 12, Micah Parsons went 12. Yeah. He's a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. And Mac Jones went 15. So you could have had Mac Jones. He was he was available for you. The thing is, when you look at um, 
you look at Trey Lance and the competition with Sam Darnold, since their freshman years of high school, Sam Darnold has attempted over 2,500 more passes in the game of football. Yeah. Than, I mean, he than was Trey a, Lance. He was a, a high level college player. He was, uh, I mean, he was a starter in the NFL for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, that's not surprising. And to experience me. matters when it, it comes does. to a backup job. It does, especially when you've got a. A, a starter who is short on experience. Yes. Let's just face it. And Brock Purdy is short on experience. Yeah. And, and I think the Niners, this is the best thing to happen for them and do it now because now they can move forward. No more questions about it. I think today will be a little bit of a shit show. Here's what I will say, though, about that experience. Like, we've we've talked a lot about the lottery ticket aspect of, mm-hmm. of guys. And I, I can't say for certain Trey Lance can't play in the NFL. Like, I don't, I don't really know. I, because, again, we haven't seen enough of him sure. to really know. We've seen a lot of Sam Darnold, and you as a Jets fan have seen a mm-hmm. lot. It's hard to feel good about Sam Darnold. Like you mentioned, all those all those throws he's made. Yeah, like we know most of those are not good throws. So it's uh there it's a double edged sword because with with Lance you can look at it and say, well, we don't know. It's an unscratched or at least a partially scratched lottery ticket. Now it looks like it's headed to be a loser, mm-hmm. but you never know. You could pull runner runner in middle of the straight. Like you feel you know you got a chance. With Darnold, we we pretty much know what Sam Darnold is, so I I think in that aspect there is a you're playing it safe by by going with Sam. Yeah, and and coming out of college, I think everyone thought it was a no brainer to take Sam Darnold. Yeah. I, I thought the Giants were going to take him at two instead of Saquon Barkley. They needed a quarterback, and I thought why why take a running back? You get a quarterback, and Sam Darnold, the Jets get him at three, and it didn't work out. I mean, the Giants could have had Josh Allen at two; that would have been better. It didn't work out, okay? (laughs) And so uh, I thought that there was a couple of stretches of football in Carolina where Darnold actually showed why he's in starting quarterback caliber in the NFL. Remember when they were 3-0 and Darnold had, like, three dominant games to start the season? And it was like, oh, my goodness. Like, Sam Darnold's good? Like, the the Carolina Panthers are good? And then things kind of fell off. But I think that... Just a change of scenery, just having different – being coached up by different coaches. It's all benefiting him, and I I think that he's a very capable backup quarterback in this league. I think so, too. Fringe starter. Uh, like, I think a capable backup is where it is. Like, I – you, I mean, you're a Jets fan. Would you have wanted the Jets going into this season with Sam Darnold at quarterback? Would you have felt good about it? Let's con- more, consider – More than Zach Wilson, yes. Okay, but would you have felt like a contender? I would have felt like last year. Okay. Like a seven-win team. They would have felt just like Zach Wilson. Like, it, pretty yeah. much. But I would rather have a Sam Darnold than Zach Wilson. I, guess, but I, I I look at them in pretty much the same Do you tier. think the Arizona Cardinals would rather have Sam Darnold than their quarterback situation? Well, yeah. But, I mean, they don't have a starting quarterback on their roster. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, but they're— Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield. I think it's close. Yeah. Maybe. I, I don't know. I Again— I mean, Baker Mayfield was more pedigreed to begin with. Sam Donald or Jordan Love? I'll go with the unscratched lottery ticket. Okay. So Sam Donald or Sam Howell? Same thing. You're taking the unscratched lottery the unscratched ticket. Lottery you ticket. can say that about Desmond Ritter. You say that about any of the yeah, other guys. Most yeah, most of those guys. Okay. I'll take Sam Donald over Carson Wentz. How about that? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Yep. <laughs> 
But Philip Rivers, I don't know. Uh, we'll, see. we'll see. The 49ers almost called them. <laughs> if they would have won. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, move away from the 49ers and talk about uh, the Indianapolis Colts, who are fielding offers for Jonathan Taylor. According to reports, six teams have inquired about Jonathan Taylor's availability. Two of those six have actively engaged the Colts with trade offers. The Colts have given Jonathan Taylor a deadline until Tuesday to find a suitable trade that everyone can agree on. Now, I don't know if these teams that are inquiring want to sign him to an extension. I don't know if they want to give up the high asking price that the Indianapolis Colts are reportedly asking. Okay, for. well, let's let's start with that. If they if they are willing to give up a first round pick, which it, let, let's just assume that that's that's what the Colts said was the uh, the asking price, a first round pick or a package that's of similar mm-hmm. value. If a team is willing to give that up, they have to sign an extension because you can't you can't give up a first round pick yeah, yeah. for a potential one year rental of of Jonathan Taylor. Now, any team that is willing to give up that first round pick it has to be a contending team because the first round pick is going to be at the end of the first right. round. And so you, you'll sacrifice the 29th, 30th pick if you're Gav Jonathan Taylor for the next couple sure. of years. Because who are you hoping for at that point anyway? You're hoping to maybe get your running back of the future that probably doesn't become your, your bell cow in year one. I mean, Bijan Robinson, as high as he was drafted, he's third on the depth chart right now. Right. Now, that's probably not going to last, right? But... Right now, he's third on the Falcons' depth chart. So I think if you are a contending team that is likely to draft at the end of the first round, then, yeah, you can part ways with that pick. Which is why when you look at the odds, I think there's some teams that make sense and some teams that don't. Like, if you're the Bears or the Buccaneers or the Commanders or the Panthers, you can't possibly – like, your roster doesn't afford you the luxury of giving up a first-round pick to extend a running back. Now, if you're the Dolphins or the Ravens or uh, the Cowboys or the Bills – Cowboys don't need him. Deuce, uh, Deuce Vaughn looks insane. I agreed, but I'm just saying that that type yeah. of team that, that you feel like you've got a chance to compete this year, maybe you do it. Uh, Here, you know? Here's the current odds on Bet Online: The Dolphins are the favorite at plus 200, and I think that is where he ends up. The Dolphins missed out on Dalvin Cook. You get Jonathan Taylor, it changes the dynamic of that offense. Now, I understand that you know Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, these are guys that are familiar with the offense. Yeah, For, they they were with McDaniel in in San Francisco. But Jonathan Taylor is a different type of running back when healthy. And so I do believe that they are the favorites, rightfully so, at plus 200. The Bears, second favorite at plus 250. Cross them off the list. I can't see them making the move. The Bills at the third favorite at 5-1. to one, Really intriguing. And because I think Jonathan Taylor up in Buffalo, when the weather gets cold and snowy, he fits right into that offense. Well, and here's what I said yesterday about the uh, – about- the the Bills opportunity there is that they could possibly offer James Cook and not have to give up a f- a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Like if they say oh, we'll give you a third round pick and James Cook, maybe the Dolphin or excuse me, maybe the Colts would look at that and say, okay, that's enough of a package that that makes sense. Although I, I assume they're going to try and get the, uh, the 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 best package available to them. You know that Jonathan Taylor is from Jersey mm-hmm. was originally committed to Rutgers before going to. Uh, 
Wisconsin. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. They let him slip away. Well, Rutgers is a terrible football program, so <laughs> yeah. it's uh, probably, probably a good call. <laughs> they let him They let him slip away. Uh, running down the rest of the odds after the Buffalo Bills, the Denver Broncos at 8 to, uh, excuse me, the Ravens at 7-1, to one, Broncos at 8-1, to one, Cowboys 8-1, to one, and then Commanders 10-1, to one, Vikings 14-1, to one, Bucks 14-1, to one, Eagles 20-1. to one. Something uh, of note with the Dolphins, who are the favorites in this deal, this is what the Dolphins' draft capital is in 2024. They have a first-rounder. Mm-hmm. They have a second-rounder. Mm-hmm. They have a fifth, sixth, and seventh. They don't have a third-rounder that year because they lost it in the tampering deal, and the fourth-rounder went to D- uh, Denver in the Bradley Chubb deal. Okay. So if you give up a first-rounder... Get a fourth back. Uh, you've got to get. You've almost got to get something back because you're almost saying we don't get a draft this year. Yeah. Uh, which so how, about, how about a first-round pick... Uh, a player for Jonathan Taylor in the fourth round pick. Mm. You know, something like that. Some sort of package to get a pick in those later rounds. And here's the concern, though, also. It, what I've talked a lot about with Miami, what if Tua has another major injury? Like, if he's concussed again? Then it's the Mike White show. Well, until, <laughs> until you draft a quarterback next year, right? Yeah. But if you don't have draft capital, mm-hmm. then what do you do? It's a, the, it puts the Dolphins in a little bit of a spot. The, the fact that they lost that tampering pick and already don't have a uh, another pick because of the Bradley Chubb deal. Yeah, uh, I still think that th- – I think he gets traded within the next – well, the deadline's been moved up because Tuesday is the deadline for the. they have to decide you got to activate him off the pup list and you got to cut your roster down to 53. Yeah. So if he's going to play at all to start the season – He's got to be activated and on that roster on by Tuesday. So, uh, do you think he gets traded by Tuesday? I think the answer is yes. Okay. I think a team will pull the trigger. Speaking of the Colts, they are playing tonight. Preseason week three begins tonight with two games. The Steelers at the Falcons, the Colts at the Eagles. And for the Colts, Anthony Richardson will start this game. Shane Steichen making that announcement. Other starters will be on a case-by-case basis. Yeah, and they'll be going against, it looks like they'll be going against the Eagles backups. The Eagles said, oh, we've seen enough of our guys. We're going in uh, We're going in this thing, playing it safe. We're going to show up healthy week one. Colts are four-and-a-half point favorites. You know, it's not totally surprising. Uh, Nick Sirianni took over as head coach in 2021. The Eagles have won one out of eight preseason games. Eagles haven't won a preseason home game since 2018. Uh, and in, in the one five and two that the Eagles are in those those games, those five losses, they've lost by 17 points per game. I don't think the Eagles care much. Sirianni doesn't seem to care much mm. about preseason results. So, it, it, like, you may look at this line and say, oh, the Colts are favored. They're playing their starters. I, I mean, it, I, I don't know. I, I don't think the Eagles have a they're, – they're not working real hard at this thing. Yeah. And Anthony Richardson, uh, we mentioned the odds for where Jonathan Taylor will play, if not on the Colts. Bet Online also has odds on the first quarterback to be benched. And Anthony Richardson is the favorite at uh, minus 150. That's not a surprise when you consider that – you, if you're looking at Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, Davis Mills is sitting behind C.J. Stroud. Uh, it's Matt Corral. Uh, Andy Dalton. And, and Andy Dal- I guess Andy Dalton. But Andy Dalton, is boy, it's been a while since he's been good. Gardner Minshew and Sam Ellinger both have starting experience in the last couple of years. Both of those guys, I, I thought there would be more of a push. And we, we've already talked about not being as 
uh, NFL ready as those other two guys. So it wouldn't shock me at all. And the other thing is the Colts are in a position where they 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 could win this division if they get decent quarterback play. Like it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. I just don't think they're they're going to get mm-hmm. decent quarterback play. <laughs> so who will start more games? Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or Anthony Richardson? I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud because he's plus one thirty five. He's Second favorite behind Bryce Young, who's plus 125. The reason why I picked Stroud over Bryce Young is I think there's a lot more injury risk involved with Bryce Young. Seeing the offensive line he's playing behind. And he's so little. I mean, that's part of it, sure. (laughs) But seeing the offensive line he's playing behind, he's going to get hit a lot this year. The other preseason game tonight, the Steelers at the Falcons. Here's what we know most, if not all, or probably not all, but most of the starters for the Steelers will be in the lineup. Mike Tomlin said, quote, by no means am I guaranteeing that everyone plays, but he did say that he wanted to see the first team units on offense and defense in a game setting. I do find it interesting that both of these road teams are four and a half point favorites, and both these games are totaled at 38. Uh, so they, a lot of similarities in the two games here, but yeah, I think you're they, saying the books getting lazy. Uh, I think I think <laughs> the books are ju- there. It's as simple as this: your starters playing. Here's how we move the line, yep. and you know you, they don't, you don't have to say for how long they're playing. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is say, yeah, we're, we're going to have our starters out there for a couple snaps. We don't know how many yet. Teams will go up playing their starters. They're the favorite. Now, this is the final, and the Falcons are uncertain. They don't know if the starters uh, are going to play. Nothing's been reported yet. There are some reports from people that cover the Falcons that do not expect starters to be playing in this one. And this is the final preseason game. So it's not like in the past where there's four preseason games, although the teams that did play in the Hall of Fame game, Jets and Browns, do have four. Usually the third preseason game was your dress rehearsal where your starters would play maybe the entire first half, and then the fourth preseason game no one plays this is kind of this has to be like a hybrid of that of those two I think what happened is in the old preseason the old four game preseason it was generally accepted by every franchise this is how we do it yeah week week four nobody plays a series in week one a quarter in week two a half in week three nothing in week four I think right now the NFL everybody's got their own theories of what the best way to approach the preseason is and everybody's different nobody's on the same page here so some teams play their guys week one their starters week one other teams had no starters out there week one and they're playing them week three so I think eventually there a consensus will be landed on but right now I think it's just cats and dogs nobody really knows what's going on here the Jets are going to play their starters against the Giants including Aaron Rodgers yeah I don't know how long, but they're going to play them. Yeah, they'll be out there. It's uh, And, again. Jets are six-point favorites. Yeah, you, your starters are playing. You're a big favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Used to be called the Snoopy Bowl. Oh, really? Well, they play in MetLife Stadium. Okay. And Snoopy was like the mascot for MetLife. But, I mean, when was it called that? When the, the new stadium was built. Okay. When they built the new stadium, it was the new Meadowlands. Why is it not the Snoopy Bowl anymore? Because I don't think MetLife and... Like the Peanuts cartoons are oh, associated. Yeah. Oh man. I think like like Snoopy was the the icon for MetLife for however many years. I don't think that's the case anymore. He so, became a free agent. They let his contract. He became gone. a free agent. Yes. Oh, here we go. Should have put the franchise on him. Yep. So <laughs> after this is 2016, it stopped. Wow. So it said after. Yeah, it's a uh, the licensing relationship after more than three decades. MetLife pulling the plug on its partnership with Snoopy and the Peanuts gang. Big mistake. Yeah. Crazy. Although, an article, bless you, (laughs) from January of this year 
says that MetLife Pet Insurance <laughs> has announced that it will partner with Snoopy. So maybe it's back. Maybe the Snoopy book. There used to be a trophy. Like Rex Ryan, like when he came mm-hmm. in, there was like an actual trophy with Snoopy on it. They called it the Snoopy Bowl. You know why Rex Ryan had the trophy? Because that's all he won? It had big feet. <laughs> well, speaking of big feet, big shoes to fill. Boom! In Kansas City, if they do not have Chris Jones to start the season. The defensive tackle put on social media a thread that said pretty much he's willing to hold out until week eight. Yeah. And if he doesn't get a new deal. Uh, Andy Reid said yesterday there's been no communication with Chris Jones, so he he doesn't know what's happening. But basically Chris Jones made it clear that this is how long he's willing to pay these fines for. So um, this, is a, this is a tough situation. He like This is the most important player defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe the, like, the, the list of importance goes Mahomes, Kelsey, Chris Jones. And the... The gap between Mahomes and Kelsey is greater than the gap between Kelsey and Chris Jones. Chris Jones is very important to this team, and they don't have any way to get pressure without him. Uh, This defense is supposed to be a little bit better this year, but without him, I I think it's uh, going to be tough. So Jones has an average annual salary of $20 million. This is the last year of a a deal that he signed in 2020. But this offseason, Dexter Lawrence of the Giants – Deron Payne of the Commanders, Jeffrey Simmons of the Titans, and Quentin Williams of the Jets all signed big deals that are paying them over $90 million, including Quentin Williams getting $96 million. So that now bumps Chris Jones down to eighth amongst defensive tackles. He don't deserve to be paid the eighth no, that's, amongst I mean, defensive especially tackles. Especially coming off the year he had last year, you know, 15 and a half sacks, mm-hmm. uh, first team all pro. So... Uh, I get it. I get why he's frustrated, but man, it's uh, this is a, they're at a weird spot. I mean, the Chiefs are trying to get ready for the season. Uh, Chris Jones saying, "I got to get mine before I get ready for the season." They're in a weird they're in a weird situation, um, but I do think that the Chiefs are gonna they're gonna be fine. And and if he comes back week eight, that means he's back for the playoffs. But you're also talking about the Kansas City Chiefs early season, and I, I on. Other teams like blog sites, they're like, oh, guess guess we might not. The Chargers blog sites were saying we won't have to see uh, won't have to see Chris Jones mm-hmm. in the first game. It's like when when you've got when you've got a guy that important missing, the, the first eight teams on the schedule are all excited because they're saying, hey, man, maybe we get one less one less shot where we've got to play against him. Now, from a Chiefs perspective here. I mentioned those four guys, those four defensive tackles that signed their mm-hmm. big money deals. Chris Jones is three to four years older than all of them. Yeah. He's 29 going on 30. Quinn Williams is 25. Yeah. Dexter Lawrence is 25. You know, Jeffrey Simmons is 26. I think Deron Payne's 26 as well. So is he going to get the same deal that they got? I think he'll no. get, I think he'll get the same average. He Less just won't years. get as many years. Yeah. Or he'll get more average and fewer years. Like they, that may be where they, where they end up settling is like, Hey, mm-hmm. we'll give you more money, but it's going to be for fewer years. But that, then that might be less guaranteed also. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's an interesting discussion that they're going to have to have, or they are currently having. There's no doubt they need this guy on the field. No, 100%. Like, and again, you can win a lot of games without him. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they can win a Super Bowl without him. I, I, I think that he's that important to what they do. Like, they, they need him on the field to win a Super Bowl. It's finally over. 
It's finally over, The long national nightmare? The long national nightmare (laughs) is over. For the first time in his career, Aaron Judge had a three-home run game. So the streak of Judge playing his career without hitting three home runs in a single game, it's finally over. That's the big streak that's over. Yes, yes. Oh, and the Yankees snapped their nine-game losing streak. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't want to get back to that 1913, uh, the last time the Yankees lost 10 straight games. So uh, this was basically the Aaron Judge show. Yep. So they said, hey – we really can't lose this game. Although I don't know how much it even matters at this point in the season. Like if it, if this were if this were the Detroit Tigers losing mm-hmm. nine straight games, no one would care right now. If it were the Angels, I don't even think people would care. More but, impressive, Aaron Judge homering three times in this game, of a solo shot in the first inning, a grand slam in the second inning, which turned a two nothing game into a six nothing game. Okay, and then he hit a solo home run in the seventh, or. Luis Severino throwing six and two-thirds shutout innings with only one hit allowed. The Severino news is more surprising, even though Severino's thrown shutouts before and Aaron Judge has never hit three home runs <laughs> that, in a game. That's true. That is true. Yet somehow I'm way more shocked that Severino pitched as well as he did yesterday. Yeah, he was he was incredible. And See, the problem is the Yankees wasted the two things in the same game. Be- like, why can't they have Severino throw a gem – and they win the game 2-1, to one, and then Judge hit three home runs in a game where they have to win 9-8. Yeah, he should have saved that grand slam for yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they, they wasted it because 9-1, to one, blowout win, it's like it's like when A-Rod used to have all those home runs when they were already up by 5 or down by 6. Like, you know, how about you hit a home run when you're down by 2 in the bottom of the ninth? Or like Bryce Harper last night, hit a three-run shot, down 3, bottom of the ninth, tied the game, one swing. That's well, clutch. Here's the thing. The New York Yankees. Philly's still lost. New York Yankees are four games under 500. Yeah. Everything they do right now is kind of being wasted. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's very true. Looking at the standings right now in the American League wild card race, the Yankees are a whopping nine and a half games back of the Seattle Mariners. Mariners who have won eight of their last 10 games. And the Yankees with a negative 20 run differential. That's un- that's unreal. Like yeah. at the thought of the season, I would have thought that's impossible. And, and, What's wild is it's it's mostly like, the the offense has not been what we thought it was. Like the pitching hasn't been great, mm-hmm. but the offense has been the major underperformer. Yeah, they, they can't hit. We know that. They absolutely can't hit. But they hit last night. They snapped the losing streak. Brian Cashman talking to the media said that everything's on the table this offseason. Everything. This is a disaster of a season. Everything's going to be evaluated. He called it an embarrassment, and there'll be job assessments, not just of manager Aaron Boone, who has to be gone. There's no way that Aaron Boone's the manager next year. But he also said that there'll be assessments of his job as well. I I would imagine. I think his contract's through 2026, which probably helps him some. Uh, But, yeah, it's— He's also the most successful general manager in baseball. Come on. He's been doing it for a long time. But and I, I've heard I don't know how many times I've heard oh he should be fired uh, over the years. This is the first time where I'm like, yeah, probably like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the only person that I would want to hire if Brian Cashman loses the job is Theo Epstein. But here's the deal with the with with Brian Cashman. Like I'm saying, he's the only person that I think could do a better job than Brian Cashman is Theo Epstein. This would be the first time in Brian Cashman's tenure as Yankees GM that they finished below 500. Yeah, he's not going to lose his job. I think he should get a pass. Yeah, he's going to be fine, but the Yankees will be looking for a new manager. And then it's like, who's going to be the next manager of the Yankees? I mean, I've already mentioned my thought 
about Don Mattingly, who's the bench coach in Toronto right now. I picked Daryl Strawberry for picking former Yankees players. I'm just saying, <laughs> uh, I think that you have a guy who has had good managerial experience in Major League Baseball and is currently still coaching as a bench coach right now. Okay, I've got one with some coaching experience. Mm -hmm. Coach Prime. Deion Sanders, yeah, I give mean, him the job. He'll bring a ton of transfer portal That's guys. That's right. They'll right? kill it in the portal. <laughs> Although. The he, NIL, can you imagine? He might just show up in uh, in day one and just say, <laughs> None of y'all jobs are safe. <laughs> yeah, nor should they be. I think that's what Brian Cashman wants. How about this? Mike Sosha. Mm, I don't know. Mike Sosha feels like kind of like it feels like he, you've squeezed the juice out of the Mike Sosha managing okay. career. Shelly Duncan's their current AAA manager. Do you bump him up from AAA? I don't know. Is their AAA team any good? Yeah. And all, and and they're going to have all the young kids that uh, that are, they're going to call up, right? Maybe so. From last year, uh, Don Mattingly's contract, by the way, is through this season, so he's definitely going to be a name that's in contention. All right, let's take a look at the schedule here in Major League Baseball. Dodgers and Guardians have to resume their suspended game. The game was suspended after two innings, so the Dodgers have a 3-1 lead over the Guardians. That's going to resume at about 3:10 Eastern time uh in the third inning there in Cleveland, and then they'll have their regularly scheduled game um which I guess is uh, supposed to be Ryan Pepiat maybe and Gavin Williams. So we'll see what they what they do with the schedule there between uh these two teams the nationals and yankees will finish up their series michael king will start for the yankees patrick corbin going for the nationals yankees are minus 162 against patrick corbin i think the yankees are a play i like betting on teams after they snap a losing streak you get them feeling good about themselves okay bats are hot judge hit three home runs Yankees, I think, keep the momentum going. They'll beat Patrick Corbin in the Nationals here today. Rockies are at the Rays. Sean Armstrong for Tampa. Peter Lambert for Colorado. Tampa is minus 225. The Red Sox are at the Astros. Brian Bello goes for Boston. J.P. France for Houston. Astros minus 130. Blue Jays are at the Orioles tonight. Jose Barrios against Kyle Gibson, and that's even, minus 110 both ways. The Cubbies are at the Pirates. Scheduled to go right now is Justin Steele for the Cubs. No announced pitcher for the Pirates. Rangers are at the Twins. Andrew Haney on the mound for Texas. Pablo Lopez for Minnesota. The Twins are minus 120. A's at the White Sox. Ken Waldachuk for Oakland. And it looks like it's going to be Jesse Schlotens for the White Sox. Right now, White Sox minus 148. And the Reds at the Diamondbacks. Brandon Williamson for Cincinnati. Merrill Kelly for Arizona. Arizona is minus 162. Another game for Messi in the U.S. And another win Inter Miami, AJ. How does this keep happening? They're, they are undefeated since acquiring Messi. Yet they haven't played. Messi has yet to make his uh, MLS debut. <laughs> that, that, that is correct. I, I, which I, I don't totally understand. Well, but because that's... they have all these midseason tournaments and things like that. So Inter Miami uh, just last week won the League's Cup when they defeated Nashville in uh, the shootout. And then last night they defeated FC Cincinnati in a shootout to win the oh no, to reach the US Open Cup final. So they are now looking for their second trophy in history. 
but yet they are still in last place in the Eastern Conference in the MLS, and Messi has not played an MLS regular season yet. He's played seven games in a month, but not an MLS game yet. Well, uh, whatever these games are, he's dominating them. And uh, now th- this U.S. He didn't score last night, though. He just had two assists. Oh, he just had the assists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's uh, he is dominating this tournament, and he's got this team that, again, is the worst team in MLS, got them in the finals of this U.S. Open Cup. Messi is expected to make his MLS debut on Saturday when Inter-Miami visits the New York Red Bulls. And currently on the DraftKings Sportsbook right now, Red Bulls plus 150, Inter-Miami plus 160. So very, very close. Very tight. The draw is plus 240. Now, when I see two teams, plus 150 and plus 160, very, very close. I think I want to play the draw plus 240. Not a bad thought. Or I'll certainly look for props. I mean, what are the odds that Messi doesn't score in two straight games, right? Well, what's DraftKings got for the uh, the props in this game? So there's no player props just yet because the game is on Saturday. But we have team props such as, like, you know, uh, Inter-Miami total goals. You can bet the over one and a half at plus 120. See, that might be one I like because you assume Messi's going to score one. And then they just need one more. Uh. Messi probably might. He might score two. That that actually, because they can still, can still lose the game and hit that bet. Yeah. Plus, I like that. Plus 120 Inter Miami team total over one and a half. And that's a DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Yeah, I I like that quite a bit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code Vegas and take advantage of all the great offers available for you, courtesy of us here at SOVAM. Speaking of offers, we got some great offers at pregame.com, and you can save 20% off. At pregame.com, use the promo code STREAK20. We're going streaking through the quad into the gymnasium. Bring your green hat. Streak20 gets you 20% off at pregame.com. You can get a daily best bet. We have college football starting this weekend. There are- I've got my uh, my package up, my week zero package for college football. How many, how many plays in that package? Three, three plays in the package. Woo! And... I'll have a UFC package up. That's an early, early start for the UFC on Saturday. You can get 20% off of those at pregame.com using the promo code STREAK20. You can also enter the Beat Fezzik College Football Contest. It is free to enter. Just go to pregame.com, click on Contests, and find the Beat Fezzik College Football Contest. The entrance or the contestant who wins the most college football units you get $500 cash, and you could double your winnings if you win more than the 44.9 units that Fez won last year in the college football season. That's a lot of units. That is a lot of units. A lot of units. Good luck. If you do beat that, give us a call uh, and take your $1,000, but we also want to meet you. So go to pregame.com, click on contests, find the Beat Fezzik College Football Contest, and take 20% off your purchase using the promo code STREAK20. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.